Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring Challenge Tour player Yannick Paul. Yannick, welcome. Thank you. Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, man, it's super, you know, so glad I kind of get you on here. Like I said, I saw you at the Bakersfield Open when I was taking some pictures, you and your brother played, and uh, I was just, you know, you know, challenge tour, saw they were posted about you, and I was like, hey, we got to get this guy on the pod. So we'll uh, we'll start with the first question. Where are you from, and how'd you get into the game of golf? Yeah, so I'm from Germany. Uh, I live in Arizona now. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents started playing golf, I think, like in the 80s or something. And then uh, my dad started, and then uh, he kind of took us out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's how I started. I think it was around six. But um, in, in Germany, soccer is really big too. So I was right, playing yeah. a lot of soccer. Yeah. Um, so kind of at the beginning, one weekend off, like one weekend soccer, one weekend golf. And mm-hmm. then, uh, at some point kind of decided to go with golf. Awesome. Sweet. So yeah. did you, did you live in Germany most of your life or did you eventually move to United States with your family or is your family still in Germany? Yeah. So, um, I have a twin brother. He's also playing on PGA Tour Canada and he played the Bakersfield Open as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he lives in, uh, Arizona, uh, but we don't live together. We both have a girlfriend. So we live. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, other than that, everyone else still lives in Germany. We grew up in Germany and then uh, just came over to the States for college. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd like to hear about in Germany, did they have high school golf? Was that kind of a, kind of a thing there or was it mostly just sold, you know, individual tournaments? Yeah, they don't have, they don't have that uh, system, that kind of sports system that we right, have right. in the United States. We don't have that in, in Germany. Like we don't have uh, any sports um, mm-hmm. in, in high school. Okay. Um, so it's basically all on your own, but um, yeah, therefore like high school is only mainly from eight to one, mm-hmm. so from eight a.m. to one p.m. Okay. So you still have plenty of time to do other stuff. Um, awesome. So it's basically all outside of school. Okay. Um, but what is nice is that uh, we have, um, you know, we have like a regional team that you oh, travel yeah. that you can travel with when you're good enough, and then eventually when you're like sixteen, um, mm-hmm. you can get into the German national team. It's like the best ten guys usually from Germany. Okay. And then, um, yeah, you can travel with the German national team to all the, you know, uh, bigger boys events in Europe. Yeah. um, It's pretty nice. So, like, we never really traveled with our parents. I know that's really common here in the U.S. Um, Right, yeah. yeah. So, we never really did that. Um, We traveled with the regional team from, like, 14 to to 16. And then we both got into the, the national team and then started traveling with the national team they had you know a coach they had a mental coach physio and stuff wow. so it was all really professional already which was nice and it's yeah. nice obviously traveling with a bunch of other guys that are your same age and stuff and right uh, yeah it was a great time honestly i mean it's kind of like almost you're getting a really good glimpse of what college golf is like i mean you're you're traveling with the team and you know like you say you're not traveling with your parents or anything and that's so cool that you're able to play on those national teams like that you know um did both exactly. you and your brother play on both those teams exactly yeah so it's a uh, the german national team it's for like when you you know 16 till 18 and then once okay. you're 18 you can get into the man's team okay and we did we did that as well and then um yeah that's that was basically during college so like 
we were in college, we traveled obviously with the college team. And in the summer, we played all the big, uh, you know, amateur events with uh-huh. the national team. Right. Wow. That's so awesome. That's yeah. amazing. I've, I know I have just had um, a couple people that are from Scotland and Australia, you know, and they don't have mm-hmm. high school golf. That's not a thing. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting to kind of hear the perspective of, you know, all of you that are, you know, not from the United States. So kind of, kind of talk about, had you always wanted to play college golf? And if so, how did the recruiting process start with you? Did you guys go through an agency over there? Or how'd that go? Yeah, so uh, we always wanted to play college golf because uh, we not only have no you know, high school um, mm-hmm. golf, we also don't really have college golf. Um, right. It's all either you either turn pro right away or you go to college. And mm-hmm. College is only, you know, you only study basically. You have school randomly throughout the whole day. You have to study a lot. And mm-hmm. um so it's tough to combine basically, you know, your passion for sports and right. academics. Um, so that's why we always decided early on that we would like to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, luckily our um, coach back home in Germany, he grew up in the United States. Uh, oh, okay. his name. And um, yeah, he obviously knew a lot of coaches mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. And then um, in addition to that, they, all the college coaches, or I would say like, you know all the good coaches um or good mm-hmm. good schools they all come over for like the british boys and stuff like that so oh yeah big, uh, junior events um yeah. we played in those so then like um you know the, the coaches had a chance to uh, watch us as well yeah and um yeah so that's um that's kind of how it started and then um just because we came from a different culture and stuff my brother and i we obviously preferred to go uh together just to make the the, the beginning a little easier yeah and, um, we're, ident- we're identical twins so we're pretty pretty close so uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so we, we decided to do it together and then we got a really good offer from you know university of colorado mm-hmm. um our our coach back home also knew the head coach uh, roy edwards awesome so we traveled together um, on an official visit mm-hmm. and um yeah really liked it so we we committed right there and there uh we didn't even go to any you know, visit. We didn't even go and visit any other schools. Yeah. Uh, most of the other schools, we only had you know one offer. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So we that's why we decided to go to Boulder first, check it out, and we really liked it. So then we committed right there. Yeah, and you know, like you said, it's it's tough because I mean, if you you guys wanted, you guys kind of were through this whole process together, and it's kind of really cool to stick together in college. So that's awesome exactly. that worked out for you guys. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, what were your years like playing for University of Colorado? Talk about, you know, obviously your brother was on the team, but other guys on the team and your experiences going to school there. Yeah, um, I mean, I loved it. It was really nice. Um, yeah. Roy is the head coach. Is, Roy Edwards is a really, really great guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still in close close contact with him uh, now. We still yeah. we still talk all the time. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience. We also had, just because uh, I, I guess Colorado, they like to recruit internationally. Mm-hmm. Um so we also had a you know other european guys on the team right um, right so it was overall we had a really like international team um and also the guys from you know from the us were really nice so um yeah it made it made it pretty easy yeah definitely i mean that's it's so cool that that university of colorado was you know they were big on recruiting guys you know obviously outside of the united states because it's so cool I played I play junior college golf before I played division two golf. And like I said, mm-hmm. we, we had guys from Australia, England, Scotland on the, on our team. And it's so cool playing with guys that are just from different countries. Cause you're learning different cultures and, you know, just even the sayings they have, I think it's just so cool that, you know, that, it, that you were able to have that experience with people from United States. 
exactly yeah no we really enjoyed it um and obviously like at the beginning it's you know it's a little different you don't oh, right, know like, right. what to expect uh so for the first yeah. you know semester so it was really nice that you, you know that we had you know my brother and i had each other um, right of course and yeah and we, we we had a really nice storm which was really um one of the concerns at the beginning because we heard films can be a little uh yeah iffy sometimes uh, right right yeah but uh yeah we had a we had a really nice storm we, we, i think we were the only ones on the floor that had a had their own bathroom and stuff so oh that's uh, awesome yeah so that was huge um so yeah we had it we had, we had a great time it was awesome yeah so i know you said you know it might have been might have been a little rough in the beginning you know for anybody going to college let alone going from another country you know what was it like your first year at University of Colorado? Is there a lot of things you had to get used to or not really? Was it kind of, I know you said you had your brother there with you, but was there something you two had to kind of really get used to in the United States? Yeah, at the beginning, I mean, it was like coming from a different culture, culture, you obviously don't really know, you know, what to expect. And right, uh, yeah. the first semester was, was a, you know, a bit weird when we had to sign up for classes. We like, we just had we were the last ones to sign up so yeah and we we got into the business school right away which was nice so that was uh, like our passion oh we yeah to, uh, do some business stuff but yeah. uh, so we were expecting to have you know business classes starting uh, that's how it is in college in germany uh-huh. but i mean the first semester we had like just no business class and just <laughs> weather in the atmosphere and just random classes so um <laughs> that was yeah. like kind of like it, it wasn't any like it was still like cool to learn other stuff but it wasn't like something that we expected when we came yeah. over there yeah so um but uh, but it makes sense because in college, college in the u.s is four years and in germany it's only three years so the first year it's kind of like you know just kind of like you get it it's a smooth way to get into college it's mm-hmm. kind of you take some right. random classes and you don't really get you know take a whole lot of business classes and then mm-hmm. the last two three years it's basically all business classes so right yeah definitely. but that was definitely one thing that was uh it was a uh, what was funny at the beginning when we had to sign up for. <laughs> You're like, what are these classes? They're absolutely pointless. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I totally, yeah, I totally feel that. Um, so kind of talk about your performance a little bit individually. How did your years progress from freshman year to senior year playing for the University of Colorado? Yeah, um, I mean, the first two years I had you know some good finishes, but um, you know also some not so good finishes. Just how it is. I feel like the first two years of it's college. It's gonna happen. You know? Yeah, it's gonna happen. Exactly. Um, yeah, but other than that, I mean, the last year was really good. Um, yeah, I played really well the last year. Um, mm-hmm. Was a little injured at the beginning of the year of my mm-hmm. senior year, so that was okay. a little unlucky. I played two events where I was uh, basically just trying to help the team, but I had you know some uh, back problems for two months, so I couldn't mm-hmm. really. I couldn't really play or practice so that was a little un- unfortunate but um yeah. yeah we got a i got a lot of great people around me that you know helped me that treated me and tried to get help me get better and then of eventually course. got better and then i played really well in the spring which was nice uh, mm-hmm. pain-free and yeah. then uh yeah it's, i think it's kind of important um you know looking back i would have liked to play a little better in junior golf uh, mm-hmm. in, in my junior year just okay because i think the junior years where you you know if you yeah. play well there you kind of get you know couple starts on the bigger tours and stuff like that if you of play course. well because then everyone starts recruiting your senior year mm-hmm. um well i guess the different agencies and stuff but yeah i played uh played really well my senior year and then um i uh, got conditional status on pga to canada when mm-hmm. i was still a senior mm-hmm. so i played there basically like in may right before i graduated and then um monday into the first event and then 
made the cut there and then reshuffled in and then I got my car, I got the full car then for the next year. So that was kind of a cool start. That's awesome. And um, yeah, so, and then played there in 19 as well mm-hmm. on PJ to Canada. Yeah. Got better, like finished, in, what was that? finished like high 20s, I think. Okay. 28, yeah. Something like yeah. that. Um, obviously would have liked to finish a little better. Yeah. And then last year due to the pandemic, I mean, it got canceled. So um, yeah, gosh. Uh, so, brutal. Yeah. But it was cool that we had, you know, that's the nice thing in the US. You can still play so many other tournaments where you can at least, you know, um, try to finance your life. Of course. Make, yeah. a, make a living. Yeah. You know? So that was nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kind of, I mean, since you've turned pro, what's been the biggest difference you've seen from college golf to professional golf? Yeah, looking back, uh, my course management wasn't really good in college. Um, okay. You know, you try to, when you're a little young, you're a little, you know, you yeah. make a lot of mistakes that you <laughs> now wouldn't make. It's just like you hit drivers on holes where you shouldn't hit driver and you think it's cool and stuff. And then <laughs> the practice runs, cool. it's pretty easy. And then, you know, in right. the tournament, it might not. So, yeah, uh, it might not work out as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say I'm still a pretty aggressive player, but looking back in college, I was a little too over overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel that is a big factor like the pins might be a little more tucked mm-hmm. in corners so you gotta be you gotta be a little more you know on the defensive side uh, right, don't right. try to get too aggressive uh, yeah that i think that's like the biggest uh, takeaway from college because my last year i focused more on you know doing focusing more on course management and that's obviously where i really excelled and played way better than my first couple of years mm-hmm. and um, i wish i would have done that a little earlier because mm-hmm. I feel like you can college, you can beat half the guys by just even if you don't have your best game by just playing smart. Like right, uh, yeah. When I watch college golf now, sometimes you know um, when I follow CU and I, and they play it in, in Arizona, I sometimes watch them and stuff. And yeah, it's impressive how many you know, you know, players like short some short side themselves all the time. Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's obviously something that I've done in college as well. But if you play, you know, strategically well, even if you don't have your best game, I feel like you can already beat like, you know, 60, 70% of the field. Right. And I, I couldn't agree more because I, I, I learned that as well as I got older, you know, just mm. plotting yourself around or around the course. So that fits your strengths. I mean, that that's mm. the way you're going to score the best. You know, you may be, you know, I know for myself, I'm not a player. I'm going to mash driver and have 40 yards in or something or mm. 50 yards in. And, you know, I'm, I'd rather hit my hybrid layback and have like a, you know, at least stock three quarter full wedge. And, you know, I feel like that's, that's great mm. advice that you had right there. I love that you said that. Yeah. So my, one of my, uh, my roommate, my last year, he introduced me to decade. So, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. So I did that. Then, uh, he kind of explained to me what to do and stuff. And I feel like that was one part that really helped, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of know where to hit driver, where not to hit driver, how yeah. much room you have to, uh, give yourself on each side and then um yeah so that really helped i feel like to eliminate the the big misses a little bit and kind of it, it gives you especially under pressure it gives you a feeling that okay like i know that you know when on the fairway 65 or the the the, the whole 65 yards wide i know that 95 percent of the time i hit a driver in that area right so, so that gives you obviously under pressure a little more confidence that you know that you can you know that's wide enough to hit driver here Definitely. Yeah. You really got to, you got to really analyze and look at the hole because I mean, like you said, 
you know, if you know that you're gonna be able to hit the fairway with your driver, then go ahead and blow driver. But yeah, you got to play smart out there, especially at the level you guys are playing at. And, you know, that's kind of something I'd like to ask, you know, what's it been like playing on events, you know, at the challenge tour, as well as mini tours, like golden state tour, and maybe, you know, a couple outlaw tour events, you know, what, what, what's it been like playing on the, on the challenge tour compared golden state tour and those other tours? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're all pretty well organized. Um, I mean, the mini tours, they obviously try to make, you know, make a living. And, mm-hmm. um, of course. Yeah. They're well organized, but obviously to just to a certain extent, because it's on, you know, public courses where they have, uh-huh. you might, you know, a lot of times have members or guests playing in front of you and stuff. Um, oh, I see. Got but um, no, I think most of the times it's, it's, I mean, I feel like on the challenge tour, the, I mean, the pins are more tucked. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the times you see them like three of the edges. I feel like oh, you don't wow. see that as much of a, on the mini tours. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I feel like the harder the course setup, the better for me, uh, just because I, I like when you get, you know, punished if you miss it in the wrong spots. Right. Uh, right. I feel like a lot of, a lot of times on, uh, on, you know, mini tours over mm-hmm. here, it's, you can hit it everywhere. Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, <laughs> Well, it makes sense. I mean, you can only play on courses that are some sort, somewhat affordable. Uh-huh. So, yeah. you know, that way you don't have to pay too much green fee. So the purse will be, you know, somewhat decent. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, a lot of the courses are wide open. You can hit it everywhere. Right. And it all comes down, you know, to to putting and stuff. Um, yeah. So that's why I like I like when it's the course setup is tougher um, and the pins are more on the edges. So if you short side yourself, you basically have an automatic bogey and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, the harder the course setup, the the better for me, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, and I mean that's how it is on the PGA too. I feel like the higher you get on the tours, the mm-hmm. yeah more important it is to have good ball striking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but other than that, I mean I enjoy it. I mean it's nice that I mean compared to Europe, you don't really have a lot of mini tours over there. So yeah, right. When the challenge when the challenge tour is over and stuff, I mean people don't really you know play tournaments for four or five months and mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I think that's a nice thing of living over here in the, in the winter you have a lot of opportunities i mean there's so many mini tours and tournaments that you can play where you can make a living and right you know um and that's one of the advantages of living in the u.s compared to europe we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors scrambling with donato is sponsored by our friends over at future champions golf future champions golf is a leader in junior golf player development no matter the player's skill level The amount of opportunity and competition they give junior golfers in numerous states is nothing like I've ever seen. Not only is the competition top-notch, but they always have college coaches in attendance recruiting players. If you want to sign up your junior golfer to be a part of the organization, check them out on Instagram at futurechampionsgolf or go to their website at futurechampionsgolf.com. Yeah, no kidding. And from what it sounds like what you're saying, I mean, people in Europe, whether you know, they go for the challenge tour and if they don't make it through the challenge tour to the European tour, then I mean, they four or five months and they're just grinding on their game. I mean, that's, that's brutal. Exactly. Well, first of all, the weather, obviously like in Germany, it's not really great. Obviously Uh in Spain and stuff, it's not that bad, but Uh um, in a lot of countries, it's not really great over the, over the winter. And then you don't really have much to play. Oh Uh, man. Because the challenge usually usually ends beginning of November and then it starts back up in like, I think, april so you got basically it. have four or five months to where you can basically just practice um mm-hmm. so that's really nice that we can you know make money over here and get stay competitive 
Definitely. And mm. I'd like to ask, you know, you've had a very, you had a very successful career in college and your overall career scoring average is 72.11. I mean, that's, mm. that's really, really solid at, you know, division one school that you played at. How do you feel your experiences playing in college helped you for professional golf? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I, looking back, if I would have turned pro right out of high school, I mean, I was like far away from being ready. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, one thing that's a different, that's a big difference that people have to understand is that between college and professional life, I mean, college, you only always travel with the team. Everything is organized for you. Right, All you have right. to do is and uh, play golf. Mm-hmm. Once you're professional, it's all on your own. You travel a lot. Um, yeah, you know it's a grind at the beginning, especially on mini tours. You don't make a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. You're going from event to event. A lot of times you go, but travel by yourself. You have yeah. to organize everything by yourself. So that's um, one of the big things that um, changes once you come from college to uh, you know to a professional life. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean you learn so much. I mean Coach Edwards gave me a lot of advice and playing in tournaments, playing on you know with other guys. Um, yeah you know i played we were in a pac 12 conference so we played a lot with you know other really good schools and really good players so um you play with those you play how they mm-hmm. you see how they play and stuff mm-hmm. and you take something away from them and uh, so yeah i mean the college experience is like tough to beat yeah definitely i mean it's only going to make you a better mm-hmm. player playing with like you said you're in the pac 12 you're playing against some of the biggest schools you know in the country and not only playing against those schools but you're playing against some you know, really tough golf courses that are really high level courses you're playing at. So, I mean, that's amazing that you, you know, if any, if anybody can get and play on the division one level, I mean, that's amazing to have that schedule. No, I hundred percent agree. What part or parts of your game do you feel that you've improved from, you know, maybe in college up to the, to the point you're at now, what part of your game do you feel like you most improved? I think everything got much better. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think, I mean, I mean, course management is course one management, big part, yeah. and also uh, the putting, and, and, and especially you know, um, speed leg putting and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. mean, my speed, I mean, I used to like my freshman year and stuff. I mean, I came off the course and I made you know four, five, three putts. Uh, yeah, obviously, like, that's uh, tough. Kills around. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, also just how to practice. I mean. You know, in high school and stuff, you kind of practice with your buddies and you just make matches and you have yeah. matches here and play yeah. on the course a little bit, gamble around. And in college, is, you know, you learn more how to practice, what to practice. And um, yeah, and I feel that's, I mean, I, if I look back, I mean, before college, I've never really practiced, you know, speed putting. I yeah. did a couple of putts and stuff and went Good to go. out on the course. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, but if you want to get, you know, become a, elite player you obviously have to know how to practice in order to you know spend the time efficiently mm-hmm. definitely i think that's that's one thing that i my coach preached at you know i where i played at you know you got to really get an efficient practicing because you could go out there bang mm-hmm. balls whatever and not have any goals that you're looking to accomplish after you're done practicing and i think that could go for just about anybody out there and what i learned is like i mean if you look at the range i mean 95 percent of the people if you just go on a random range everyone's just there with their seven iron and just hitting shots after yeah, shots. yeah but i mean if you look at it i mean all you have you have to work a lot on driver mm-hmm. your driver and your wedges i mean a seven yeah. iron if you instead of 30 feet hit it to 27 five, 27 feet it's not going to change much in your scoring average but it's right. more fairways and if you have you know hit you know your 60 degree or like 
in general your wedge is uh, closer from 10 feet to eight feet on average you obviously going to lower your scoring average by way more so oh yeah uh, definitely just hitting you know hitting six seven eight irons all the time on the range and trying to you know work on your swing i mean it's good for you know maybe an off off month or something in, in november december but other than that you just have to kind of work on the work on the stuff that helps you become you know score better yeah definitely i think that's yeah. uh, that's really great that you're saying that stuff i hope you know the listeners are out here listening mm-hmm. to that because efficient practice is so key so key yeah. but you so what are some goals that you have maybe for the next year or two i know you're on the challenge tour ultimately i'm sure you want to make it european pga but do you have a maybe some specific goals you have yeah i definitely want to win on the challenge tour this year um want to definitely want to finish in the top 20 in the ranking i'm like uh, in the 30th right now mm-hmm. because the top 20 they get um full status on the european tour yeah um so that's definitely my number one goal um but yeah other than that i mean i just kind of you know want to focus on my own game don't really want to look at uh, leaderboards I, I, that's something i've started recently i feel like it helps a lot mm-hmm. because you kind of want to i want to you know get away from just focusing on score and rather focus more on the process and like yeah. things that I can control. Cause I figure, you know, I used to just always check the leaderboard mid round and stuff like that. I mean, that's not, nothing going to like, it's not going to help you unless you like, you know, in the last round you have like two holes to go and you kind of want to know where. Right. Right. Other right. Than that, it's just, what's it going to do for you? You know, it's, it's just only going to, Oh man, I'm so far back for the old elite. It's, you know, trying to get in the cup house. So mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's, it hasn't really helped me. So I kind of stopped that. So that's kind of, another goal that I want to have or that I have for the, for the rest of my, my season. So kind of stuff that I can control, you know, because I mean, scores, I mean, to win on the challenge would be obviously really nice, but it's some luck involved and there's only so much you can control, but you know, I have a, a few other things that I would just like that I kind of in my control that I would like to focus on. Of course. I think yeah. I, you know, I, I never thought about that personally. You know, I I've been one just to kind of you know, look up the leaderboard, check them out as well. But I, that's amazing. You know, that's really great that you found that just focus on what you can control and just, I mean, let, you know, let your game, you know, just kind of take over and just really worry about, you know, you going out there hitting shots and not going out there and just watching leaderboard. I think that's great. Yeah. That's great, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're yeah. heading, heading in the next section of the show. I like to call the ham and egg section, just like to ask some for fun questions, get to know you a little bit okay. more. Um, so awesome. if, if you could have a dream foursome, who would be in it? And you're one of the so you three other people and yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Uh, well, I mean, I would like to include my dad and my brother just because. Yeah. You know, play with my brother all the time, and then with Tiger Woods, that would be just Tiger uh, Woods. Yeah. Because he has done so much for the for the game. Um, I've already played with you know a couple of cool guys. I've played with Bernard Langer. That was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. So I played with him when I was, you know, 14, 15 um, yeah. and uh, played with Keimer. So I played with a bunch of guys that, you know, are really successful, but I mean, Tiger just has a different aura. Oh like, yeah. So that's how, um, yeah, he's, he's so a that's how I would just like, yeah, exactly. That's how I would like to kind of play with him and with that's my, awesome. my brother and my dad. Definitely, man. That's good. You know, I, w- yeah. I would have to include my dad in my foursome as well, man. You can't leave him. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah exactly. I mean, he has done so much for me. So I would, that yeah. would be, you know, the minute at least something I can give back to him. That'd be awesome. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. And uh, so, you know, the brand of clothing that you wear on the golf course, uh, you know, kind of talk, kind of tell us about your relationship, you know, with, with your brand and how, how did that come about? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm with Hembrick sports. It's an agency. They have a 
you know, a bunch of really good guys, uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kupka, and a bunch of other guys in Europe as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, my agent, I mean, he, have, he has a lot of good connections, so he got me um, hooked up with Lacoste. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like, that, like that stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. So they, it's, they yeah. just kind of send you, send you a little care package or, you know, exactly. how, yeah, how yeah. often is that? Uh, like usually a couple times a year. Okay. And, um, yeah. yeah a lot of time. I mean, it's not really money uh, based yet. Got to get yeah. onto the bigger, bigger tours in order to get that. So, but, but still though, I mean, still though, I mean, sending, yeah, nice. sending free gear is always nice, man. Absolutely. Exactly. Gotta love that. So yeah. what's some advice that you have for people who are just looking to play professional golf? You know, maybe they're either in junior golf right now or college golf. I mean, what's some advice you'd have for, you know, people out there? Um, I mean, the thing that I touched base on before is like, mm-hmm. you know, use the time that you have yeah. efficiently. Um, Definitely. Don't just, don't just stay on the range and hit seven irons all the time. Um, <laughs> Just make, you know, the time that you have, use it efficiently, um, work on the right things. Um, you can beat a lot of guys with good course management, even if your game is worse. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, if you're young, I feel like, I mean, speed is definitely a thing that's a big topic right now. And I think mm-hmm. it's helpful. I mean, you see more and more young guys that come out and hit it really far. So um, I think the courses will get tougher, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the next decade or so. Yeah. So um, if you, you know, 13, 14, 15, I think speed is definitely something um, that's important. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I feel like um, just kind of mental game is also really important. Um, Love, yep, yep. I used to, you know, a lot of people, I, I felt bad when people told me I'm, you know, cocky on the course and stuff like that. But if you look at the best guys in the world, I mean, on the golf course, they're all crazy cocky. I mean, it has nothing yeah. to do that. You know, you can be the nicest guy in person, but on the course, I feel like a lot of it's important to kind of have that, you know, crazy self-belief of yourself. Because, yeah. I mean, the golf course, the golf game is beating you up anyway. So um, you got to have that, you know, self-belief that um, nothing can really, you know, tear you up. And you always, you know, are confident in your game and you know that it's good enough. Definitely. You know, I had mm. I had Kevin Vello on the podcast. I don't know if you know him. He played for San Jose State. And he really touched on just having that edge and his edge is being, you know, so proficient and amazing with his mental game. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's kind of a, a huge thing. Even look at, you know, Matt, Matt Wolf, he took about two months off and he, you know, he just needed to get right mentally and came back mm-hmm. and had a great performance at the U S open. I think that's so important. And once again, that can apply for just about anybody out there, you know, having a mental yeah. game and believing in yourself and remembering what kind of player you are. Exactly. Especially when you come to the bigger tournaments. I mean, you can you know, you know, why do people shoot, you know, 64, you know, on their course or like in the practice round and stuff. And all of a sudden the tournament, it's not on there. You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't shoot the same score. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of times you don't feel as, you know, confident or you're not as loose. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get a little tight and then you make, you know, bad, bad decisions and bad swings. So. I mean, yeah, I can see it with JT and Brooks Kirkgun and stuff. I mean, when when it counts, they're there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because oh, yeah. they have that crazy, they have that crazy self belief, and you know, they're kind of cocky on the golf course stuff. Yeah, that's when you kind of have to be. Yeah, definitely. I I, I mm-hmm. love that you're saying that. So, if you and your brother went head to head in a match in match play, who do you think would win? Uh, it changes by day. A lot of people <laughs> get that ass. We yeah. get that ass all the time, but yeah, you know, all the people that know us and that play with us a lot, um, it's really like. Uh, I mean, we're, we practice together all the time. We're as 
similar as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in Canada, two years ago, I think we finished like twenty second and twenty eighth or something. So um, yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, are pretty we close. Both, like exactly. So yeah, we literally every day changes. Some tournaments he plays better, some tournaments I play better. That's so cool that you guys are doing yeah. because in your whole golf career, basically, you guys have done it together and you guys are playing professionally oh. now. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, a, it's a huge help, especially, you know, coming out of college, what I touched base on earlier. It's like all of a sudden you're on your own. And mm-hmm. I mean, my brother and I, we basically travel together all the time. We can share costs, which is a big factor. Oh, yeah, that's you know, awesome. Exactly. So we can, you know, it's a lot of times, you know, it's a lonely sport when you travel and grind. But if you're with your brother, it's it's much more enjoyable. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's and you and we help each other with the with the swing and with the game and stuff. So uh, it's it's a, it's a huge factor. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. I, I, yeah. I wish I, you know, I, I don't really have an ambition to play pro, but if mm. I ever did, I wish I had, you know, somebody so close like that to me. That's so cool that you have yeah. that. So for this next question, it's kind of, I love asking, you know, just, I only ask the male golfers cause it would be a little more fitting, but so mm. let's say you hit a shot in a pond and you know, the ball's sitting in mud and it's, you know, it's a little mushy in there. Would you or would you not strip down to your underwear and go and hit that shot to save your round? No matter what, whether you're winning or not, you're playing with buddies. What are you doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely depending what's on the line. But uh, yeah, I yeah. If, if I if I assess the line, I feel like it, I would get it out and it would help me and I mm-hmm. would shoot a lower score. I would do it. Yeah. What? Let's yeah. say let's say you're just like kind of just having not the best round and you're like. Do I really want to go in there and hit that out of the mud right now? <laughs> or are you I mean, still if going I'm just in playing, If I'm just playing with my buddy and we're not playing for much, then I wouldn't play for it. Then I wouldn't play it. But if, uh-huh. if I play in a round, no matter what score I'm at, um, if I think it's playable, I would play it no matter the situation. I feel like it's not playable. I would never play it no matter the situation. So it's kind of, I would only play it if it's, you know, I would try, I'm always trying to shoot the lower score. I never, like, if it, it might be a 65, it might be a 75, but I would always no matter what the score is in that moment, I would always just assess the situation. And I feel like if it helps me and if I can get it out, then I would hit it. Yeah, definitely, man. I yeah. haven't had anybody that's like, nope, no, not getting in there. Can't mess up the, yeah. can't mess up the outfit yeah. or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you can always watch that. That's not the problem. Yeah, exactly. And you know, they'll yeah. just send you, they'll just send you more if you're, you know, if you're Yonic Paul. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the most memorable moment you've had while being on the course? It can either be, maybe around you played with your dad or maybe around you played with your brother, or maybe it's something in competition that you remember. Yeah, pretty recently. My, my dad caddied for me in Spain on the challenge tour. That was pretty nice. That's um, awesome. I always enjoy when, when he's around because, you know, they, they my parents live in Germany, so I don't. Yeah. You don't get to see, see him that often. that often. And I mean, he has sacrificed a lot. So like, and he really enjoys it being, you know, caddying for me. So uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the most memo- memorable, uh, you know, moment i had ever but it was really like that's obviously pretty recently and i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. definitely that's so cool that you're able to have your dad on the bag i know whenever i yeah. had tournaments and my dad was on my bag as well it's a really uh it's a really special moment that you're able to share with your father like that yeah exactly but other than that i mean i played a i played a european tour event as an emirate that was pretty cool oh wow on the bag oh that's awesome um, exactly and that was also we and then uh my brother and I, we both played the, the year after because the national team always had two um, amateur spots. Oh, got it. BMW yeah. International Open that just 
that just yeah, yeah victor yeah, holland exactly. actually won yeah exactly so uh yeah and in 2016 actually my brother and i we were the first twins to ever play in the same european tour event that is so awesome that, dude so, so that was that was pretty cool um i mean usually as amateurs you don't really get a lot of attention but oh we, no you know, I guess, we gave some interviews and stuff like that because you know and then the european tour side posted about it and stuff so it's pretty cool that, was that is so cool, cool. Yeah. that's awesome yeah. what was that experience yeah. like playing on any european tour event as an amateur you know you're so young like that yeah i mean back then you kind of just tried to soak everything in and didn't really you know you know try to make no mistakes but obviously then you make mistakes you know um, yeah well they're gonna happen so um yeah it was it was yeah it was still i mean it was it was really like a you know you gained a lot of experience and stuff so yeah it was an awesome experience that's so cool man that's awesome well yeah. we're heading into the last question here this is kind of where you give some credit for you know for the people that you know, might have helped you in the process but who's inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today Oh, I mean, if I have to thank all the people that helped me, you know, get to this point, uh, a lot of people, I mean, uh, yeah. Coach Edwards was obviously like doing college, helped me a lot. Um, and, um, and I mean, I can just, you know, suggest everyone, especially from, you know, outside the country to go to college. It's just, you know, from living at home with your parents to all of a sudden being on your own, it helps you a lot, not just for the golf game, but in general for life. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, Coach Edwards was obviously, and then my parents, um, Ted Long at home, my coach back home. Mm -hmm. um and yeah my parents my brother a lot of people i mean i have to thank all the ones uh a lot yeah. of people that got oh, i'm that sure you'll be to, a long list yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that got me to that point um but yeah overall you know i have to, it's tough to pick a couple couple people i think the people yeah. that helped me i've already told them a lot definitely. of times so um, yeah definitely yeah. man exactly definitely well yeah. that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with dylan Nato with yannick paul yannick once again thank you so much for coming on man i appreciate thank it you so much for having me on appreciate it that was awesome definitely man i wish you nothing but the best in your future and uh play well thank in the you. challenge tour man we'll be watching thank you, you. exactly thank you appreciate it thanks man. yep all right have a good one everybody thank you Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.